Today, I want to speak to you from this thought. Thank God for saying no. Thank God for saying no. And I realize this goes against our culture because most people, they, they thank God normally when they win something or they thank God when something positive happens or they thank God when they have a victory in a certain area. They, they give God thanks. You, you see it all the time. Somebody wins a championship, a team wins a championship, and they, they'll give glory to God. And I, I'm a big sports fan, and you, you'll see someone catch a, a touchdown pass, maybe the game-winning touchdown down pass and perhaps they'll kneel down on one knee and give God praise or, or they'll do some dance and look up in the air and go, thank you, God. You know what I mean? And they're giving God praise for, for the touchdown or somebody will slam dunk a basketball or hit a home run and they'll, they'll give God praise. There, there are a lot of award shows on television, whether it's in the music industry or whether it's in the movie industry or the sports industry. And when people win an award, often Oftentimes they'll say, I want to thank God. I want to give God the praise because they've won something. Or, or maybe you'll see a friend on Facebook. They'll, they'll Facebook something and they'll say something like, I want to thank God for healing my headache. Or I want to thank God for giving me that job. Or I want to thank God that the date went well. And I want to thank God I just got back from vacation. I want to thank the Lord for we, we had a wonderful vacation but can I tell you, you rarely see people thank God for getting second place. You rarely see somebody at the end of the football game run out, and, and it's the last play of the game, and they're running for a touchdown, and the pass is thrown, and they drop the ball. And you rarely see somebody go, thank you, God, I dropped the ball. Thank you, Jesus, I worship you. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see that. You don't see somebody who gets third place in the award show, and they say, I just want to thank God for losing today. You, you, you just don't, you don't see that. You don't see people on Facebook saying, I just want to thank the Lord today for not healing my migraine. I want to just give God all the praise for not healing my back pain. You, you, you don't see people say, you know what, Lord, I just praise you for that annoying coworker I work next to every day. You don't, you don't see people give God the praise for that. You don't see people say, well, God, I didn't get the job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. I thank you for not giving me the job. You just don't see that. And some of you are thinking to yourselves, why would I thank God for saying no? Why would I do that? That's what I want to drill down on today. We're going to study the Apostle Paul. He had severe pain in his life, and he asked God to remove the pain, and God told him no. Today we're going to be examining 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and studying several portions of Scripture there about this situation that Paul was dealing with and was told no. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, or because of this surpassingly great revelations, therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given, notice this, a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Throughout Paul's 20 years of ministry, he suffered with this thorn in the flesh. It caused him severe pain, so severe that Paul describes it by saying that it 
torments me. It is tormenting to my flesh. We don't know exactly what the thorn was. I believe there's a reason the Lord didn't tell us what the thorn was, so that we can fill in the blank with our thorn. And so we don't know exactly what Paul's thorn was. There, there are some that believe that it was a struggle and a battle with epilepsy and that Paul would have seizures over and over. There are some that believe that it was Paul struggling and having reoccurring bouts with malaria. There are some that believe that it was Paul. He had terrible eyesight and pain and, and, and suffered from, from, from an eye situation, an element with his eyes. We're not exactly sure what the thorn was. Most scholars do believe that it was some type of physical ailment that Paul suffered from. And, 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 and yet we know this thorn was there and he dealt with it over and over and over again. I think we can relate to Paul. I think we all suffer with a thorn in our flesh, if not now and sometime throughout our life. I suffer with the thorn. I played football all the way through college, dealt with some injuries and had a back and injury. And today I deal with pain in my, in my neck, in my, in my shoulders. And I've been to the chiropractor. I've prayed for God to heal me. I've been to prayer meetings for healing. I've anointed my own self with oil in Jesus' name. You might know what I'm talking about thorn, a thorn, a thorn. Come on, you, you have your thorn in the flesh. Your thorn might be an illness. Your thorn might be a situation. It might be a dilemma that you're dealing with in life. Your storm might be a co-worker. It might be a boss. It might be a family member. Some of you are the thorn in the flesh. I want to minister to everybody today. And Paul teaches us how we can learn to say thank you, God, even when God says no to our personal pain and to our thorn. I want today to give you three lessons we must learn when God says no. Three lessons we must learn when God says no to our thorn. I believe this is going to minister deeply to some hearts today at Midwest City, Oklahoma City, and those joining us online Number one is this, we have permission to ask God to remove our thorn. I want that to sink in today. We do have permission to ask God to remove our thorn. Notice Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, the next verse, verse 8 says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Paul asked God three different times to take away this thorn because we have permission to ask God to take away our thorn. Matter of fact, James chapter 4 and verse 2, the, the second half of that verse, part B says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You see, there are thorns that God will remove from our life if we simply just ask him. And there are times that we have not because we ask not. How many of you would agree with your pastor that it's better to ask God to remove the thorn and get a no than not to ask at all? But in Paul's case, he asked, he prayed, he pleaded for God to remove the thorn in his flesh. But every time God said no. 
friends, we're, we're talking about the Apostle Paul here. We're talking about a great man of God here. We're talking about a man who spent 20 years of his life getting on ships and preaching the gospel and, and introducing people to Jesus Christ. The most important thing that any of us could do is to introduce people to the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're talking about the Apostle Paul who pioneered churches. He, he mentored pastors and church leaders like Timothy. God did miracles through Paul. Paul wrote almost half of the New Testament. He was so influential, we even named our kids after him. Paul. There's a building in Rome named after him. For 20 years, he did nothing but serve God faithfully and preach his word and build the kingdom of God. And God tells Paul, no. That should encourage you today. You see, when God tells you no, you're in good company. You ought to say, wow, God told Paul no. <laughs> I'm in some pretty good company when God says no to me. Why did God tell Paul no? I'm sure there are many reasons why God told Paul no. But I want to just point out two that are very clear and very evident in Scripture. No doubt, there's probably more. But let's just look at two very key reasons why God told Paul no. Number one is this. God's no kept Paul humble. It kept him humble. Notice this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, and Paul talks in the previous verses about how he was caught up into heaven, and he saw things. He saw things that he could not share. And he said, because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from, of Satan to torment me. God used this thorn in Paul's flesh to keep him humble. I was thinking this week, if the apostle Paul could become conceited, how about you and me? How about you? And me. And there are times, church, that God will allow a thorn to remain in our life to keep us humble. You see, one of the greatest attributes, one of the greatest qualities that any follower of Christ can possess is humility. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 23 and verse number 11. He says, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Humility. Verse 12. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Did you catch that? He who humbles himself, herself, will be exalted by God Almighty. You want to know why God used Paul greatly? You want to know why God's hand was upon Paul? You want to know why God could do miracles through Paul? You want to know why so many people came to Christ through Paul's ministry? Because Paul was a humble man. Yes, a thorn in the flesh helped him to remain humble, and God used him in a mighty way because God exalts the humble. There's a second reason that Scripture is very clear on, on why God told Paul no, and the second is this. God's no kept Paul hungry. It kept him hungry. 
I'm not talking about for food. I'm talking about hungry for the Lord. Notice back in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8, it says, three times I pleaded with the Lord. Notice this, with the Lord, not with the friend, not with the family member, not with the confidant, not, the confidant, not, not, not with a, a, a co-worker. No, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. You see, because of the thorn that tormented Paul on three different occasions, he called out to the Lord. As you study this, this is not talking about just three isolated prayers that were real quick. It wasn't like just three quick Hail Marys. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, remove the thorn. No, these were seasons of prayer. These were se- the, he, he went to God on three different occasions, three different seasons. I don't know if it was a week or a month or a year, but on three different seasons, he intently and intensely sought after God. Remove the thorn. It's tormenting me. It's hindering me. Would you remove it from my life? On three different occasions, he's calling out to God. He's pursuing God. You see, this thorn caused Paul to be driven to his knees and to go after his heavenly Father, no, Paul, the thorn's going to remain. And I'm so glad that this thorn is driving you to me and causing you to pursue me with all of your heart. I have a question for you today. Is the thorn in your flesh driving you to Jesus or away from Jesus? Perhaps the thorn in your life, you're not learning the lesson that God would have you to learn. And that's that thorn could be there to drive you closer to your heavenly father. And three times he pleaded, God, take it away. Number two is this. Number two. Number two. Let's look at a, a second lesson we need to learn when God says no and why we can thank God for his no. Number two is this. When God says no, his grace is always sufficient. People's church, understand, you can thank God for his no because his grace will always be sufficient. Notice what Paul says in the next verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul pleaded these three occasions for God to remove the thorn. But God said, no, Paul. I will not remove the thorn, but I do want you to know this. My grace is sufficient for you. And God's grace in this verse of Scripture is his ability to get us through another day. In this portion of Scripture, grace is God's strength to help us endure the thorn and yet still accomplish God's will for our life. You see, friends, it's God's amazing grace that sustains us. It's his amazing grace that keeps us in our time of need. And here's what I realized at Midwest City, Oklahoma City, those joining online, I realized this. There are some of you that are dealing with a thorn in your flesh, and you don't sense God's help. You don't sense God's sustaining power. And as I teach God's word today, you're asking yourself, why? Why don't I sense God's sustaining power as I deal with this thorn in my flesh? Well, let's, let's just look at, at Scripture. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse number 6, it says, But he, referring to God, but, but God gives more grace. 
Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We talked about this a little a few moments ago. Humility is so key. He was given the thorn in the flesh so that he would not become conceited. And because of his humility, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And the Bible says, but God gives grace to the humble. You see, our pride can cause us to fight against God. It can cause us not to submit to God's no. And we can't experience God's sustaining grace while resisting his will. And here's what I realize. I know this is easier said than done. I mean, Paul knows this. It was difficult for Paul. On three occasions, he's calling out to God. He does not want to submit. This is hard. I've got a thorn. It's tormenting me. I do not like it. I want it to be removed from my life. I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. But Paul, though he struggled, had to submit to God's will. And God said, my grace will be sufficient for you. And friends, can I tell you that you could miss out on God's grace and his sustaining power because you're fighting against God and pride is in your life. And yet I want you to know there's no condemnation if, you, if you're struggling. Paul struggled. Your pastor struggles. God, remove the thorn. God, heal me. God, I'm standing on your word. And yet, God, I humble myself before you. And I know one thing, that your grace is sufficient. And God says, you humble yourself, I'll give you more grace. And I will strengthen you to fulfill my purpose in spite of the thorn you're dealing with in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 says this, Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relations with you, with integrity and godly sincerity, we have done so. Now notice what, what Paul says. He says, relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. We must learn to rely on God's grace and not on worldly wisdom. Can I tell you, if we rely on worldly wisdom, it can cause us to get mad and bitter at God. Worldly wisdom. But God, I love you. Why would somebody who loves you have a thorn? But God, I pray, I read my Bible, and I worship. Why do I have a thorn? But God, I, 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 I'm at church, and I, and I serve, and I, and I tithe. Why would I have a thorn? I don't even know why I do church. I don't even know why I'm still praying. And if you're not careful, you rely on human wisdom. Instead of relying on God's grace, people's church, no matter the thorn that you're facing in your life, we must rely on God's grace. He may not remove the thorn, but his grace is sufficient. Hebrews says this, chapter 4 and verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He, God empathizes with our weaknesses, our issues, our problems, our thorns, but, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. He's been tempted. Jesus had thorns himself. He had, just as we are, yet he did not sin. The Bible says, verse 16, let us then approach, we have permission to approach 
God and ask him to remove our thorn. Let us then approach God's throne of grace. Notice this, his throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace. Come on, everybody shout, find grace. That's a word for somebody today. Approach his throne with confidence when we have our issues and our weaknesses so that we can find the grace. And some of you need to find the grace. You've been resisting God. You've been prideful. You've been mad and bitter at God. And God says, man, listen, what I want you to do is approach my throne with confidence. I want you to come with humility because what I want you to do, what I want to do in your life in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the thorn of the flesh, is I want you to experience grace. You receive mercy and find grace, notice this, to help us in our time of need. God's word says no matter what the thorn that we're facing in our life, that God's grace will help us. We can go to his throne with confidence and find grace in our time of need. Yes, God may say no, but his grace is sufficient for you. You may not like your job, and you're praying for a new one. Because it's a thorn in your flesh. And God may say, no, you're not getting a new job. But I'm going to give you grace to stay at the one you got. Lord, give me a brand new teenager. No. (laughs) No. But I'm going to give you grace to love the one you have. Lord, give me a brand new spouse. I'm leaving. No. You stay, and I'm going to give you grace to love the spouse I blessed you with. I'm sick of being single. Sick of being single. It's a thorn in my flesh. Lord, give me a man. (laughs) Jesus, give me a woman. Come on, Jesus, show up. Not now. Jesus says no. But my grace will be sufficient for you to be happy while you're single. My grace will be sufficient so you can live holy while you're single. My grace is sufficient for you. Come on, just turn to your neighbor right now. Just turn and say, this message is not for me, but it's for you today. I'm not God. You better listen today. This word is for you. Come on, tell them. Yeah. I could have stayed at the house today with all this rain, but you needed to be here today. Yes. It's grace. It's sufficient. Number three is this, a third lesson we need to learn about God saying no to our thorn and why we can bless the Lord and thank the Lord for it. Number three is this, God showcases his power in our weaknesses. We can thank God for his no because God showcases and displays his power in our weaknesses. And and Paul accepts God's no. And then Paul praises God for the no. And he boasts and delights in his own weaknesses. This goes against our culture. But here's what Paul did in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. But he said to me, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. But no, God, I'm strong. I got strengths. Don't you know, God, how you bless me? God, no, 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 no. My strength, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more, Paul says, gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. I thank God for my weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, wow, then I am strong. Paul says, I thank God for his no, because I realize when I'm weak, then I am made 
strong. Paul says, I will boast. I will delight in my weaknesses. I will delight in this thorn in my flesh because I realize in my weaknesses, Christ's power rests on me. Friends, God showcases his power through our weaknesses. Just ask Moses. God shows up in a burning bush. Go deliver my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Moses says, but God, I can't go. I, I, I have a stuttering problem. But, 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 but God, 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 you, 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 just go, boy. <laughs> go to Pharaoh. Tell him to let my people go. God said, come on, boy, get it out, get it out. Let my people go. Yeah, you're, I'm not using you because you're awesome. You got a thorn in the flesh, Moses. But my power is made perfect through weakness. Just ask Joseph, who had a dream from God. His brothers hated him because of his dream. Sold him into slavery to a foreign country. He's in Egypt and, and, and Potiphar's house, and the wife falsely accuses him, and he's thrown in the prison. Have you ever been there before when nothing in your life is turning out the way that you wanted to? And it's a thorn in your flesh. I know, Joseph, you're weak right now. You're in a foreign land and you're in prison. But my power, my power is best flowing through your life, through your weaknesses. And he was raised up to be second in charge of Egypt 13 years later. Just ask David who shows up at the battle lines and the army of Israel trained fighting soldiers have not, will not fight this giant for 40 days. David, an unqualified shepherd boy, shows up with no training, says, I'll take him on. King Saul says, put on my armor. He's going to eat your lunch. He puts it on. He has to take it back off. No, I can't wear this, Mr. King. I know I'm weak. <laughs> And I just got a slingshot and a rock, no javelin, no spear, no armor. But God displays his power best through weaknesses. Just ask Gideon, who said, my clan is the weakest. I'm the weakest in my clan. And God narrowed them down to 300 men against thousands of people to defeat an army of thousands with 300 men. Gideon, my power flows best through your weaknesses. Just ask Jesus on the cross as he submits to God's no, and he hangs, and he bleeds, and he gets weaker and weaker and weaker until the Son of God dies. But three days later, because God showcases his power in weakness, Jesus got up with all power in his hands. Just ask a little country boy from Iwoka, Oklahoma, who was abused, 
parents divorced, trauma, insecure. What if God could ever use me? But God displays his power through our weaknesses. And for that, God, I give you thanks. I give you praise. I worship you for my thorn. I worship you for my weaknesses. I worship you in spite of the pain I'm going through. I give you praise because you showcase your power through my weaknesses. You best get glory through my life, through my weaknesses. I don't like it, but I submit to your no so that you can get glory out of my life.